0: We are Gateway Chapel, where we build your world by his word. We stand for fun, friendship, fellowship, and family. You are listening to a Pastor Eddie message. All right, good morning, church. What a great opportunity to hear God's word this morning. I am excited and I know you should be as well because you will learn a few things today and God himself will speak to you and also deliver you, which is the biggest part of it. When I finished preaching, Pastor, we come and pray for you and pray prayer of deliverance and pray prayer uh, for you that you will appreciate. In the meantime, get your pen, get your paper because we are about to hear God's word. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the power and the ability of your word to deliver and to set free. Today we have come for that deliverance, we have come for that freedom that can only come from your word. And I pray that Lord you will speak through me to your children, bring that deliverance, bring that freedom and give them testimonies to the glory and honour of your name. In Jesus' precious name we've prayed. And the people say, amen and amen. Today, I'm going to be preaching to you on a title called, How to Keep Your Mind. How to Keep Your Mind. It's in line with what, Pastor, has have been preaching over the series. The series this month has been on anxiety. Pastor has done a fantastic job of it in the last couple of weeks. And to ne- today's note is how to deal with your mind or how to keep your mind, how to keep your sanity. But in my usual practice, I need to tell you a story before we start. So there is this particular, this is a true life story, by the way. There's this particular Archbishop of Dublin who has always had the fear that he was going to be paralyzed. He just, he didn't know where the fear came from. It was just a fear. And like, you know, fear is irrational, but this Archbishop had this fear. He was carrying on his duties, but he just had this thing at the back of his mind that he was going to be paralyzed. So one day he was at a party. He was at a, like a stage party. And he was there, one of the guest of honors. And while he sat down, he started mumbling to himself. And the lady that was sat by him just could not but say, excuse me, sir, is everything okay? He mumbling, said, I knew it, I knew it. I knew I was going to get paralyzed one day. I knew it was going to happen to me. Apparently, he thought he was already paralyzed on one leg. So the lady looked at him square and said, sir, it is my thigh you are touching. You are touching my thigh, thinking you are touching your thigh. So right now, you're thinking you're paralyzed because you thought he, was, he thought he was touching his thigh. And he thought she couldn't have any feeling on his thigh. And so that means he's paralyzed. But he was touching the lady's thigh. That's what fear does to you. That fear makes you do irrational things. Fear makes you believe something. The big archbishop believed it so much that by the time he got to that party, he was convinced his own leg wasn't working. So when he touched somebody else's leg, he was convinced he was touching his own. What a disaster that could have been if the lady decided that she was going to go all the way and say, why are you touching my thigh? But that's a different story for another day. So let's talk about the whole issue of anxiety. Pastor has dealt with this so well, but I need to talk about how to keep your mind. But before I do that, I would just say a few things that I've dropped from this message of anxiety, just to remind you, like a recap, sort of, of what anxiety is and what you need to keep in mind. But the key scripture we're going to use today is in the book of Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through to 9. Philippians 4, 6 to 9. It says, be anxious for nothing. Do not be anxious about anything. It said, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God. Now, if the Bible that you're reading is yours, I want you to underline that. bit. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart. And mind through Christ Jesus. The peace of God guards our hearts and mind. How do you keep your mind? We're going to come back there. And then it goes in verse 8: finally, brethren, whatsoever is true, whatsoever thing is noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, is there any virtue, there is anything praiseworthy? Meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard, and so in me, these things do so that the God of peace will be with you. Ultimately, the God of peace is the one that helps us keep our mind straight up. But why do we have this problem that we need to keep our mind? The first thing about anxiety, so look at the problem of anxiety. Then we're going to look at the promise of God that I'm going to talk to you about the practice. So it's in three sessions today. So get your pen, get your paper, The Problems of Anxiety. Like many people already know, and Pastor has mentioned, anxiety actually um, is a cause for over 100 types of diseases that people have. Anxiety is having a troubled mind, resulting from concerns about current or potential difficulties. It's not even only current difficulties. It's not even about past difficulties. It's also about potential difficulties, challenges that can come with time. The word anxiety actually has its root from another word, which means to strangle, to strangle. And the way it's actually described is like when you give a sheep to a wolf when a wolf wants to have dinner and you throw a sheep into the cage where the wolf is the way the wolf will pick up the sheep and then put his teeth on the neck okay that's not very good description but I gotta tell you this put his, his teeth on the neck of the sheep to strangle and stuff the life out of it that same root word that is used for that is the same word for anxiety and worry, interestingly. So that tells you that anxiety's plan or worry's plan is to stuff the life out of you, to stuff the life out of your dream, to stuff the life out of the things that are important to you. Some of the descriptions I read that I thought was really amazing is that anxiety is like interest paid on a trouble before that falls due. Nobody wants to pay interest on something before the first due. Somebody says, okay, come and pay interest on this loan, but your loan is not due yet. You don't want to do that. Anxiety is also known as paying interest on tomorrow's trouble. So, tomorrow's trouble hasn't happened yet, but your heart is full of concern about it, so you are paying interest on it. Another person says, it pulls tomorrow's cloud over today's sunshine. Can you imagine? Beautiful day today, and then anxiety makes you start worrying about the rain tomorrow about the cloud tomorrow, about all the things that will go wrong tomorrow that will not let you enjoy today. That's what anxiety does. It strangles the joy out of a particular person and events or a day. Anxiety also is described as giving a small thing a big shadow. Can you imagine having a small rat or a small thing somewhere? Let's not talk about rats. And then there is a big shadow, an overcast over it. And that shadow becomes a big thing that everybody sees, even though it's a small thing. That's what anxiety does. Anxiety takes the joy out of today. So you've got to use everything you've got within you to fight it. All in all, it is designed to make sure you don't enjoy your life. And that's not God's plan for you. It will strangle you physically if you let it. It will strangle you spiritually if you let it. It will strangle you emotionally. You won't be able to keep your mind sane if you are, susceptible to worry and anxiety so in the name of Jesus today I pray for everyone that is struggling with anxiety and struggling with worry that it has come to an end today in the name of Jesus by the reason of the blood of Jesus like the man of God taught us last week we banish the affairs of anxiety and worry in your life in Jesus precious name your life the spiritual life your physical life your emotional life will not be strangled in the name of Jesus you will come out on top. You will come out living the life that God has called you to enjoy, just as he has promised in Jesus' precious name. So now is the problem of anxiety. And I just thought to look at a few things from God's word that we read earlier on the promise that he has given us. And there are two main promises. You want to keep your mind, there are two main promises of God in that scripture. There is a lot in that scripture, but there are two main promises I want to talk about. Because when Pastor was preaching, and that scripture jumped out at me. It was from the verse seven of that scripture, which says, and the peace of God will preserve your mind. So we're talking about the peace of God and the preservation. These are things that God has given us and designed for us to be able to keep our mind. It says it will keep your mind and it will keep your heart. I'll talk about the fact that there are two different things in a minute. But the first promise that God gave us to undo the problem of anxiety is the peace of God. Is the peace of God. Is peace. John chapter 14 verse 27 says, my peace I give to you. Not like the world gives. It's a gift from God. It says, you will have challenges, but I've given you my peace. So hold on to what God has given you because it's like somebody giving you a promise. Hold on to that promise because it's now yours. It's a gift to you from God. The peace of God is a gift. What is peace? It's tranquility of soul. It is not being perturbed by the things that are happening around you. In fact, somebody once said something to me. She said, I don't worry. I've got such peace of God in me that I am concerned that I am not concerned. <laughs> she said, I am concerned that I am not concerned because I've got so much peace inside of me. That is what the peace of God does for you, the tranquility of soul. It's a state of calmness of heart and mind, despite the fact that there are turmoils around. Are there turmoils around? Yes. But the promise of God to you in the midst of every form of turmoil is peace. And you've got to keep on saying that to yourself because it's the word of God for you. It's a gift you already have in your house. So you are not allowed to start paying interest on tomorrow's problem today because you have the gift. And the gift of peace is a gift that your God has given to you. It is God's gift to anyone that chooses to trust in him. Peace is divine. It's not from any man. It's not from any woman. So you and I need to hold on tight to it because it has been given to us. No problem is too big to take the peace of God away from you. No challenge is there's too much to remove or disturb the peace of God that is inside of you if you activate it right? The second thing in that same scripture that I thought was really, really big and I really enjoyed there is the preservation of God. The promises he has given to us to help us keep our mind as the peace of God and the preservation of God. It says the peace of God will preserve your mind and heart. Why are there two different things there? The first thing to note is that your mind, your mind is the place of your thinking. Your mind is the place of your thinking. So you need the peace of God to keep the place of your thinking. Hence, subsequently in verse 8, it is telling us the kind of things we should think about. Your mind is the place of your thinking. The second thing is your heart. Your heart and your emotion is the place of your feelings. When your feelings and your thinking merges together correctly, you will think right, you will feel right, you will not experience anxiety. You will be at peace. But when your thinking and your feelings merges together wrongly, you will begin to experience anxiety. So when the peace of God comes in, the intention of the peace of God is to preserve your mind, the place of your thinking, and preserve your heart, the place of your emotions and your feelings, so that by the time you put together your thinking and your feelings, it is in the correct place. Every time we go by the way we think or the way we feel, it's a matter of time we're going to self-sabotage. I remember my, um, one of my mentors said she was fine, in quote. She wasn't fine. She's a warrior. She's somebody that struggled with anxiety all her life. And then she became a believer and then she decided to fight it. But according to her, it was all okay until she got married. And then when she got married, she started worrying and had the anxiety that she wouldn't have children. And then she had children. And then she started worrying that the children would not grow well. Actually, one of them is the weirdest and the most bizarre worry you can ever hear in your life. According to her, she said she was a writer and a speaker. So she says every time she's writing, she gets carried away, she gets into this dreamland. So she said she started thinking that maybe, just maybe, she'll put the baby inside the washing machine and wash the baby, who does that? I mean, that's extreme. That sounds unreasonable to you, right? But that's the way anxiety works. She said she worried so much about that and she thought she was going to, by herself, destroy her baby. But that didn't happen. The baby grew up. Baby will go to school. What's going to happen? Maybe she won't come back home. She came back every time. And then she became a young adult. And started panicking. She was also a pastor's wife. So she said, all of a sudden, all the Dickens children in church became demons. She hated them because she thought they were after her daughter. Then she passed through that stage. Oh, my daughter is gonna get pregnant. She didn't. My daughter is not gonna marry. She married. Now my daughter is not gonna have children. She had children. Can you see that? It just progresses rather than enjoying one stage, or the next stage, or the next development. Anxiety just holds you bound and keeps you thinking about the worst of the matter. How do you keep your mind? The peace of God will preserve your heart and your mind, the place of your thinking and the place of your emotions. So when Paul wrote this particular scripture, I was reading a little bit about it. And I realized that when he says the peace of God will guard or preserve your heart and mind. He was actually in jail and he had guards around him. So what he was saying is like the guards that were standing by him in jail, the peace of God will preserve you like that. The guards that stand around a prisoner, they are there so that the prisoner will not escape, so that the prisoner will not be into harm, so that they will not run into trouble having to report that the prisoner as um, something's gone wrong with the prisoner. So the job of the God is to ensure the prisoner is safe. The job of the peace of God is to preserve your heart and to preserve your mind and to ensure you're safe. And that's what that word is saying to us there. So the preservation and the peace of God for us are the gifts that God has by himself given to you and I. So if he has given us this gift, how do we practically keep our mind. Three things. How do we practically keep our mind? I've told you the problem of anxiety. I've told you the promise of God, the promise of God in peace and in preservation. But what do you need to do practically to be able to keep your mind? Three things. The very first one, You need to keep your mind sane, you need to keep your mind thinking right, you need to keep your mind so that your emotions and your heart can be in the right place at this time and you can enjoy peace of mind all around and you can enjoy the promise of God and all that God has for you. Number one, you've got to feed your mind, you've got to feed your mind. You have to learn to feed your mind with the right thing. The mind that is not fed with the right thing can never take you through the right phase of life. The mind that is not fed with the right thing can never produce good thinking, can never produce good feelings. It just doesn't work that way. There's a scripture I love, Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16. It says, your word was found by me. That's what Jeremiah said. God's word was found by him. He said, and I ate them. Now, it didn't stop there. And your word became to me a joy and a delight in my heart. When we eat or feed ourselves the word of God, it turns into joy and delight in our heart, joy and delight in our thinking, and it changes our life around. you want to keep your mind? Feed your mind with the word of God. Somebody preached a message and he said there are different things we all feed our minds with. He said the very first one is poison. Weird, nobody naturally picks poison. To use or to take, but many of us have found ourselves where we have taken things that are detrimental to us. So, say for instance, if somebody uh, um, have problem with uh, diabetes, there are some things they're not allowed to eat. So they or take, and if they do, it's like poison to their system. Do you get what I mean? So, like poisonous food, in in, in this sense, poisonous food would be anything that would de- derail you as a Christian or demoralize you as a person. You want to feed your mind. Please don't feed your mind with poisonous food. Things that will make you sin, things that will make you fall, things that will take you out of the plan of God for your life, run away from them because that poison is out to destroy you. Another thing, is a junk food. These are different things we feed our mind with. In today's terms, junk food is anything that has new, little nutrition in it. It might sound sweet. It might look sweet. It might be delightful to eat but it has no nutrition whatsoever in it. So if you put it in these terms, you want to keep your mind, get away from junk food. What is junk food? Too much social media. It is junk food. Just wanting to watch what somebody else is doing with their lives, it's junk food. It's of no value to you. It, It doesn't take you anywhere. It doesn't move you forward in life. Too much TV, too much entertainment, too much this, too much that. Mainly, run away from things that feed your mind about things that has no value to you. There's no point. There's no point. You only have so much time. So if you feed your mind with things that have no value to you, how much time have you got left to take in the thing you really, really need? Another type of food this person talked about, I said there's something called brain food. Brain food educates your brain. It gets your brain thinking. So you, you become a well-rounded person. It's good to have brain food. So there are some food like that, they're that called brain food. That, you know, some people... You want to talk to them, you can't have a conversation because they just don't know anything about anything. It's good to know something about a, a few things, about the things that are happening around you. I mean, not necessarily not necessarily celebrities only, right? I was gonna mention names, but I'm not gonna mention names. Uh, 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 but all, a little bit about geography, a, little, a few things here and there, just to keep your brain going. One of the things I personally love doing when it comes to keeping brain going, I love to do sudokus, I love maths, generally speaking. So I like to, every time we travel when we're in the plane, from the moment we sit in the plane till we land, I'm doing one after the other and I do the professional one just to keep the brain going. So brain foods are great. They keep your brain going. You know, watch quiz shows. You want to watch TV? Yeah, watch quiz shows something where questions are asked and you have to challenge yourself to think. However, that's not the feeding of your mind I'm talking about. The last one is what I'm talking about, which is superfood. Superfood is designed to help you maximize that food. You take it in and it does the best that it can possibly do for you. And that's the word of God. You want to change your life. You want to change your thinking. You want to keep your mind, feed your mind with the word of the word of God is quick and it is powerful like pastor raised it last month last week as well it's a powerful tool that it, it, it goes it penetrates every situation and every circumstance including the negative things that have been planted in your mind in the past including the things that could have created worry for you if you really genuinely want to keep your mind in this day and age learn to feed yourself with the word of God feed your mind with the word Feed your mind with the word. How do you do that? Read a chapter. Read a verse a day, but be consistent with it. If it's a chapter you're going for, go all the way. If it's a verse, go all the way. Think about it over and over and over again. That is you feeding your mind. You read it. The second one is focus your mind. Think about it. Focus your mind. The mind has so many things that it is competing against. The mind has so many things that are competing for it. The mind has so many information left right and center that goes into it but if you want to focus right you've got to focus your mind on the right thing the word of God that you feed your mind with you need to focus on it that is meditate on it anything you don't meditate on goes away you see I am one for writing down if you genuinely want to keep something in your mind first of all the moment you hear it which is from the word of God which is feeding your mind with the word, take a pen, take a paper, write it down. The moment you write it down, well, psychology says that you'll have a higher chance, I think a 30% higher chance of remembering anything you ever write down. And, and, you know, there's so much information left, right and center. Write these things that you study in the word of God down. I always say to people, there are three questions to ask yourself when you read a Bible verse. Number one, What does this say? Number two, how can I use it? And number three, when will I use it or where will I use it? These questions you've got to ask yourself when you feed your mind with the word, focus on it in meditation. When you focus on the right things, you help your mind to stay where God wants it to stay. And then the last one there is freeing your mind. You have to learn to free your mind. Nobody can do any of this task for you, by the way. It's your job and my job. You see, the thing about the mind is it's not on the outside. And when you are having, when you have a troubled mind, it takes a long time before people begin to see the impact of it on the outside. So I really do need you to take time to actually work on these three things and practice them. The feeding your mind with the word of God to be able to overcome and overtake all the plans of the wicked in your mind. The second one, the focusing your mind on the word that you have read in meditation. And the last one is the free in your mind. You need to free your mind from destructive words, destructive thoughts that have come your way along the line. You see, destructive thoughts come from what we hear from other people, What we hear in the news, what we hear from other people that we have come across in life all the way. For some people, you are from families that are very destructive. They say words and they are like daggers and arrows at your heart. You've got to free your mind from that. You can't afford to continue to think that way because it will hold you down and it will cause anxiety to be in your heart. However, when you want to free your mind, you need to replace it with something. You need to replace it with what God has given you in His. Word. Here's the verse 8, and I'll get that there in a minute. You need to release your mind from every negative word you've heard in the past. You need to release your mind from every negative situation that has held you bound in the past. I, I, um, I, I've told this story to you before. I remember very clearly when we used to live in Cyprus. And P, you know, I shared this story with us as well. Cyprus is an agrarian society. Well, a lot of people have farms. So you have your career, but you see a farm is just part of the the way, just the way it goes in that country. And the, when we moved to Cyprus, we went to work in a cow farm. The cow farmer that we worked with was an uneducated guy. But as far as any Cypriot, a typical Cypriot is concerned, you have to understand farming because it doesn't matter what the degree that they have is, it doesn't matter how educated they are, they always somehow get involved in farming so they understand farming equipments and, and farming generally. So it's just the way the economy goes. Everybody has a farm, but, we got to Cyprus, and Eddie was working with this gentleman. We come from a country where education is education, and then you know, going down the agrarian route is a completely different route entirely. So we were not into agriculture in any way, shape, or form. He doesn't know. Eddie didn't know how to drive a tractor, a trailer, and things like that. And those things were big deal in Cyprus. So the boss would wake up every morning and say, "Oh," he calls his name repeatedly and say, "You are not clever." And he says it. How can an uneducated man be telling a qualified accountant, a man that has worked, that has owned his own company, a man that has done quite a few things, done presentations in a, in a, in a, in a massive setting, and an uneducated man is telling him is not clever? But the man said it long enough. According to PE, he started believing it himself. When you hear something long enough, it doesn't matter how incorrect it is, you begin to believe it. He said, at some point, if you asked him what his name was, he would doubt if he would answer you correctly. That's how much he heard those negative words. So you have to learn to free your mind from words like that, that have been said to you repeatedly by somebody, whether maliciously or or even even not, not even meaning any harm at all. Some people just say things innocently, and those words, they are like daggers in your own mind. You have to learn to free your mind from them. So... How will you free your mind? You need to identify the source of the negative word. If you don't identify it, you don't even know. You just carry this limp all over the place. We do not know you have a challenge. So free your mind, identify the source of the word. Sometimes the word is from our old nature, which is the devil within us is whispering words to us. Romans 8:5. The devil within you is whispering words to us, your old nature. Sometimes the word is from Satan, it's from outside, it's against you. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, whispers against you. Things that the Bible says that we need to cast those down. All those negative imaginations, they are there trying to raise their head above you, telling you you can't keep your mind, you won't do well, and all those negative things. So it's devil trying to lie to you. And the last one is the world around you. First John chapter 2, verse 16 talks about how we overcome the world. The world around you can equally lie to you. Things happening around you, what you hear in the news, what you watch, what you hear around can be such a, 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 a weight on you that you will not be able to free your mind. However, you've got to replace it. You've got to replace it with what the Bible says to replace it with. And I'll read those to you very quickly in verse 8. It says, If you really want to free your mind, finally, my brethren, whatsoever is true. So when the devil is saying to you that you are not good, ask yourself, is this true? Whatsoever is noble. Is this noble? Whatsoever is just. Is this just? Whatsoever thing is pure. Is that pure? Whatsoever thing is lovely. Is it lovely? Whatsoever thing is of good report. If there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, think on these things. What are you going to think about? Three ways to practically deliver yourself from your mind being attacked by the devil. Feed your mind through the word of God, and I mean superfood. Focus your mind on that word, and I mean meditation. And the last one there, free your mind from negative words that have come your way, and I mean replacement. Replace what you've heard before. Replace the negative with the good thing and begin to create a library of good words about yourself. If possible, say to yourself every morning, there is no VAT on dreams. Just stand in front of your your mirror and say all the great things that God has said about you. I remember very clearly I used to say to young ladies that come to me when they give their lives to Christ and maybe they have... They have experienced one challenge or the other along the way and it has created low self-esteem for them. I say go and find I am scriptures. What are I am scriptures? The scriptures that talks about what God has called you to be. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am beautifully and wonderfully made. I am the apple of God's eyes. I am scriptures. Get seven of them. Repeat them to yourself every single day until you free your mind from the oppression of the wicked one so that you can keep your mind in this day and age. Let me end with this particular story. I read this story and I thought it was fantastic. In the days of pioneering um, flights, a particular gentleman who was a new pilot decided to go on this flight. As he started the journey, it was a four-hour journey. He started hearing a particular type of noise. He, 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 he realized that he had gone further a bit so he couldn't go back. I think he had gone an hour into the journey, he couldn't go back, and the noise was really strong. It was really bad. It was eventually discovered that it's probably a rat and the rat was gnawing away at a cable. His mind told him the rat is eating a cable and when the rat eats the cable, the cable is going to cut and the plane is going to go down and you're going to die. So his mind had all of this noise inside of it and this guy was petrified. After a while, he had a chance to actually calm down and say, all right, I'm so worried now, I can't turn back, I'm two hours into this journey. I can't, I'm not sure I'm going to get to where I'm going if I continue to think this way because it's a four-hour journey. So it was halfway through the journey. What am I supposed to do? Do you know what did? It decided a rat is a rodent. Rodents are created to stay on the ground. They won't survive in height. So it went up another 1,000 feet, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 until it got to 20,000 feet. After a short while, He stopped hearing the noise, no more ignoring, nothing at all from that side of the plane. He was thinking, all right, either this theory has worked or something has gone wrong. Maybe the rat has finished hitting the cable of which, if that's the case, it's going to go down or the rat is dead. After about a few minutes, he realized that nothing was happening. Eventually, he got to his destination and he came down and realized that the rat had died. What exactly is the point of my story? Rats or ignoring of noise, or the noise of the devil, or the plants of the wicked cannot survive. The higher you go, the more you drop weights like that. So the rat could not survive on a high altitude, that is the same way the devil cannot survive on a higher altitude. If you choose to go higher spiritually, you will keep your mind sound. If you choose to go higher in the place of prayer, in the place of praise, in the place of the Word of God, the devil will not be able to continue to whisper into your ears simply because you are too high for it. It is meant to dwell on a lower platform. So my challenge to you today is this: and take it up. You want to deal with the mind. You want to keep your mind sane. You want Want to be free of anxiety, choose to go higher. Choose to go higher in God. Choose to go higher in your Bible study. Choose to go higher in your focusing on the word. Choose to go higher in freeing your mind because God has designed your mind for great things. Never allow yesterday hold you back. Don't allow tomorrow's troubles hold you back. God said to us that his His peace will guard or preserve our heart and mind. And that's your portion. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for your word that you have sent to us. Thank you for your word of peace. Thank you for your word of preservation. Thank you for your promise that stands in our lives. For that, we are very grateful. Lord, today I pray a prayer of supernatural covering over everyone under the sound of my voice in the name of Jesus and a prayer of deliverance from all the plans of the wicked concerning them, all the noise of the devil concerning them. I put a stop to it and I receive grace for them to be able to feed their mind with your word, to focus their mind on your word and to free their mind from every negativity of the past. In Jesus' precious name we Read. amen and amen thank you for listening you can find out more about us at www.gatewaychapel.org.uk remember to subscribe so you'll never miss another message like this one be blessed